You know what, Colin? You know what? What? I've been neglecting to big myself up, so to speak, on this show. That doesn't sound like you at all. I know, right? Some weeks ago, I became a co-world record holder. Hey! Yeah. Wow. Me and... Is that for most podcasts recorded in the West End of Glasgow? Okay, wait, we already had that one. We already had that one. Oh, We had right, that okay, one for decades. Uh, <laughs> me and several hundred other people, actually, but not, not a couple of hundred, share the world record speed run in exactly one level in exactly one game. Wow. Yes. All right. What's, what, what's the game? What do you have to do? The game is Dust Force. You've got to press buttons and clean the room real fast. Um... <laughs> But there, you, you can also just like press buttons and leave the room real fast. Technically, okay. you just hit, you clean the last thing. Nothing else matters. And if you press, got it. Three buttons perfectly in a row. You're you 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 got an unbeatable record. So wow. I've got a world record now and evermore unbeatable. Well, I press three buttons, frame perfect, and I'm putting it on my CV. It's, my, it's genuinely the only thing I've achieved in like five years. It's impossible to do it any faster than you've done it. Exactly. Right. Well, well done. That's why I am equally good at this one level as people who have played the game for a, for years. <laughs> it's nice to have that you know self-validation when you realize you've done a thing exactly. which is actually technically a world record. That's great. Technically... It's the best it could ever be. It's cool. It's very impressive. I am... Celebrate me! Impressed, James. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a great thing to be able to have said that. And whilst you underplay your achievements of the last five years, clearly, it's a big deal. It was cool. I, I was streaming it. It was, a, it was a couple of hours worth of attempts. Nice. And genuinely, when you're doing a thing that takes about one second to fail and about one second to succeed... The, the attempts stack up over the course of a couple of hours. I'm sure. I actually had a blister on my thumb <laughs> from pressing the buttons <laughs> the next day. I had a blister. Nice, nice. Well, to contrast that with uh, your record-breaking times, I have had right. uh, sleepless times because, James, once again, we are revisiting the topic of alarms and setting alarms. Oh, now, I don't, okay. I don't know if this is something you regularly do because your sleep pattern is is very different to mine but it's extremely different yes to give you the the picture on monday i went to my first gig at the garage in three years it was oh, the um, garage the garage as uh yes some bands there have called it it was fantastic got very sweaty and uh got kicked in the face a couple of times Great night out for me, I say. Did you also get punched in the face, or was it just kicks? No, no. So that's it, very specific. So it was usually, like, there was one guy who was just very athletic, and he did get his foot to my head height, which was very... Imp- he was, like, jumping at the same time. Yeah, you're not short. No. So that was impressive, but then also people being thrown over, you know, my shoulder when I'm not looking. Uh, yep. Yep, and suddenly yep, I'd, yep. I'd turn slightly to the left and I met with an errant little, boot to the face. Yeah, little boot to the nog, yeah. That being said, it was a really great gig. And of course, you had the bands being like, hey, hey guys, you, you're the best show. We've played all this tour. It's not even close. <laughs> like, just stop. Why, I, really, why do people say that? We know you're lying. What I want a band to do is to have that tape recorder, tape recorded so they can just press play and make it feel even more fake. Just and then and then just pause it, say the city name, play it again. You guys are the best location that we have seen in this entire year of touring, <laughs> Glasgow. What we need is the is the voice from like TikTok. 
to just say that say that oh, phrase. The, oh, the annoying TikTok lady voice. Yes, I've got to I've got to use that. I'm I'm using it in a video. It's nice, so it's horrible. It. So there's there's that part of the show where even if they genuinely meant it, and perhaps they did. You know, I did look at some other videos of, of the support act and and in other cities, and yeah, people weren't really doing anything in Glasgow. It was going a bit ham, which was great. We are special. We are we we are we are amongst the top the top music enjoying cities it has to be said but for sure we can't be every band's best experience <laughs> right but then when a band says it and actually means it you don't believe them because you hear it all the time you don't know you clearly are just saying that to every show to get them to go hey yeah we're the best we need a secret code word we need to infiltrate the music industry with a secret code word that means you really are the best okay well that's that's our feedback for uh, I don't have the code word Alpha Wolf and, and Polaris you guys need to come up with a code word so we know you're not lying when you say this is the best show of the tour <laughs> anyway this is a, a tangent right I took you down a cul-de-sac of Alarms. what was meant to be a roundabout so yeah, went to the show, left, got home about eleven, and uh, and did that as fast as I possibly could. Uh, showered, did all the all the nighttime stuff because uh, James, I was running a course Following. in London on Tuesday. Oh. And bear in mind, this gig happened in Glasgow on a Monday. Right. And so yes, I had the joys, the pleasure, oh. the honor. Why did you try of getting up at four in the morning on Tuesday? Why did you try what? You've made mistakes just by doing those two things back to right, back. No, but, but here's my point. The, I had the option of travelling down on Monday, which, dear listener, was also the Queen's funeral. <laughs> and yeah. even if we had booked... Yep, that happened. And even if we had booked it, I think it probably would have got cancelled anyway. So I had stood my ground. I said, no, I want to go to this gig. It's going to be... you know, I've had it booked for literally years. Uh-huh. And uh, I will travel down on the Tuesday morning. But yeah. then, of course, we've got that issue of okay, I have to get up at four, and I was so paranoid that I was going to sleep through my alarms Couldn't that sleep. I just saw every hour of the clock. Yeah. Just yeah, rolling that's... over, it's like, oh, it's it's one. Yeah. Oh, oh, what's the time? oh, it's two. Yeah. Oh, it's three. Oh, I mean, I may as well just get up now. I, was gonna, yeah, I give up from getting up. That's horrible. That's me if I've and... got any appointments the next day. It sucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whereas this was just me doing my job. Yeah. So, flew down to London, and thankfully everything went like clockwork. Planes arrived on time. Tubes were relatively full. Did you sleep? Didn't know. Didn't sleep. No at all. And then the worst bit. Little forty winks in the plane. Nothing. The worst bit was that we finished. Day was a great success. Went super well. Well done. uh, Flew back into Glasgow. Got into the flat about ten o'clock. I thought, right, I'm going to have the best sleep of my life. Oh no! And then tossed and turned for the next two hours. I've seen this story. I've seen this story. Yeah. It, and it's it was so annoying. It makes you woke no up the sense. next day. Yeah, exactly. I'm like I've absolutely exhausted. Yeah, and I can't sleep. Yeah. So yeah. Ah, uh, it was rotten. And then what's happened is I've done a course on full day Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I've just finished a course about forty five minutes ago uh, with the team of uh, at Edinburgh Airport. Right. And and after all my like singing <laughs> along and screaming on the Monday night, of the gig. <laughs> Did you never know say the plane has landed? My voice is struggling. So if, dear listener, at any point I start to sound like a 14-year-old Colin whose voice is breaking, I can only apologise, but it has been voice is breaking. Yeah, a yeah. busy, busy week without the right levels of sleep. But hey-ho, this is what happens when I set alarms and I panic that I'm going to sleep through them, even though I never have. I have never slept through an alarm, ever. Oh, I have. My panic is justified, but I'll manage it even with the panic. I'll panic all night that I'll sleep in, and I'll sleep in anyway. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, that's what's been happening, and 
Yeah, and actually, one of these a few times on Seesaw Parade where actually we have done a almost weekly episode. But there's so much going on that we're we're just gonna have to keep this usual oh, twenty no. minute flowery intro much shorter. We're we're just gonna have to start. Let's keep it to ten. Okay, can't believe we it. We must have hit the ten minute mark about now. About now, maybe when I edit this, we'll find out. So, dear listener, welcome to Seesaw Parade. We are Scotland's longest running yeah. podcast of any Truth. kind. I watched the Wikipedia. Wait, watched? Yes, watched it. <laughs> we are your new favorite <laughs> podcast, and yes, uh, you can learn about us on eBay as uh, James has <laughs> yeah right <laughs> is explained nicely there yeah eBaypedia yeah. Yeah, yeah and i am Colin and he is James mhm mhm i still am and thank you very much for listening to your new favorite anti monarchy but yet not not yet arrested somewhat socialist podcast so yeah yeah Valid level of socialist yeah, yeah. right uh, that's less catchy but we are less popular than quasi courting Particularly after today, hopefully less popular than socialism, where he is, where he is uh, given a mini budget, where he's uh, told all the rich people they can have all their money oh, back. That's I, I, I pain. And actually, having considered the fact that we are going to start with the Queen's funeral, we are yeah. less popular than than King Charles, which it's right now, yeah, 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 which is interesting. People suddenly like him, but how long that will last is my question. Well, yeah, I mean, like two weeks ago, yes, people if they thought. Charles would make a good king, they'd say no. Now they say yes. Like, what? Two more weeks? He might say no again. Okay, and dear listener, you can get in touch with the show if you would like to do so. If you'd like to voice your opinion on anything we talk about today or in any episode at Seesaw Parade on Twitter or Seesaw Parade at gmail.com. Thank you to everybody who got in touch, even just to say that they listened and they enjoyed the show. That is very much Aww. appreciated. Lovely. And James, let's kick off this um, very newsworthy edition of, of the pod. It's very unlike last week where we just had the four items to discuss it seems like we have well, well, yeah everything the big one though everything to discuss this week so it was nice everybody put the put the news on a hold for the queen dying they did. It's, it's almost like things were happening but nobody reported on it or something like that well you think so anyway let's go there eh let's uh say bye <laughs> to liz once and for all oh, yeah, I couldn't have come sooner <laughs> well it could have i mean but, i mean yes it could have very much so she was 96. Really could have. She, she was old. <laughs> so after 10 days of enforced sadness, oh, man, yeah. the funeral was held. My, my eyes are getting aggravated from the salt. Of uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Did you watch it? No. No, I was driving. So this was... Uh, <laughs> I didn't watch any. <laughs> this was the state funeral, the military procession for the Queen. It was um, attended by world leaders, foreign royalty, King Charles III, of course. I, I love... The royal family. I, it was so funny. I saw the occasional picture. It was so funny watching people's faces doing the calculus of how much they're allowed to smile. <laughs> <laughs> All these world leaders and celebrities meeting each other and trying to do this like celebrity. I'm still handsome and attractive mm. and kind of smiling, but very sorrowful face. Like, oh, hey, Barack. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Sorry for your loss. Oh, sorry for my loss. <laughs> oh, but the queen is. But mm. the queen is. The queen is dead. Yes. So that was. Uh, <laughs> also, did you see the video of the French President Emmanuel Macron attempting to be incognito in London? 
Oh yeah. So, so he and his wife were were snapped, you know, just like strolling over Millennium Bridge and walking through and seeing all the sights, but they were being trailed by four <laughs> very burly men in, in big uh, jackets who presumably had weapons as well. So I thought that was very funny. Yeah. Anyway, oh, man. Queen's yes, funeral queen, yes. happened. Queen's dead. The Queen is in the grave. It was taken by the Dean of Westminster, who paid tribute to the Queen's, and I quote here, lifelong sense of duty. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. to her family. That's that's an opinion, and the very <laughs> Reverend David Hoyle, who spoke of her unswerving commitment to a high calling over so many years as Queen and head oh. of the Commonwealth. See, I read these oh, things. It's a bit culty that does. Once again, and I know the last episode was called "Sorry if we hurt your feelings," but that. <laughs> <laughs> It remains true. I don't understand, and I'll hand over to you in just a second. I don't understand why, or look, I'm going to try this one third, third and final time. No, I yeah, do yeah, understand yeah. why yeah. this is the, the coverage that has been given. And as we'll talk about in a second, any opinion to the contrary Ooh. was met by, in some cases, people being arrested. Well, we got away with which it. Which is absolutely insane. As far as I'm aware, we got away with we, it. Well, I've not been arrested. We, we're just t- talking in a... Yeah. I'm yet to have that knock on the door. You know, it wouldn't be surprising at the same time. Ultimately, the... Uh, I am, yeah, you're not wrong. So, ultimately, the funeral happened. Right. And at the end of the day, of the the Monday 19th, that was it. The enforced sadness ended. Yeah. And the world started turning again. Or at least that's what certain media outlets would have you believe. Because Oof. no matter... As I said last week, no matter how hard you tried, you were unable to find really anything else that was going on. It was only in the couple of days in the lead up to the funeral that there was anything else being broken about. Hey, Hey, what might be happening else Eventually in the world? Eventually things started smashing through the news barrier, yeah. Okay, so the, the, the funeral's been held. King Charles III is now on the throne. What's your overall take on the last two weeks then? It's, it's been eye-opening, right? Um, because it's been a long time since the UK last had a death of a monarch, right? Yeah. So it's a chance to figure out how much we have advanced as a people in the way that we treat the the monarchy and the way that we treat these people who are getting to be miniature gods for free. And it turns out we haven't really advanced very far in the way that we treat them. And I don't know why, but it's just the endless amount. My only guess is the endless amounts of propaganda and uh, media support for the family. Because I'm pretty sure that if you went back to the last monarch dying or whatever and the one before that, and the one before that, probably a similar number of Republicans in the in the country. Probably a similar number of people not caring in the country. I don't think we've really gotten very far in terms of realizing that these people are insignificant and are just leeches right, right. living off of the wealth of the things that we actually own and that they get to just exist in. Well, well just on that point, to keep this uh, show on the road, King Charles will not pay any tax on the inheritance he's taking from the Queen. So, uh, ladies and gents, if you inherit uh, some wealth from your parents, it's um, yeah. usually assets around about £325,000. That includes uh, things like houses or, or savings. Yeah. You will have to pay a 40% levy on, uh, Which, it'll make sense. on those assets. However... Because he's the king, yeah. and uh, although the queen has over 15, or had, sorry, RIP, GBNF, <laughs> despite the fact the queen had... They've stripped her from her, from, they've stripped the crown off of her corpse. They've taken over, the crown, headline stop, news. Stop, stop. <laughs> anyway, despite the fact she had over 15 billion pounds in assets... <laughs> yeah, and who has them now, huh? None of it 
is being taxed. It's ridiculous. Fifteen billion pounds. And that's the thing. They want uh. to live this perfect life of having the wealth, but then not getting treated like they have the wealth, which isn't fair. And it's never going to be fair. Well, why? That's a question of why is he exempt from this inheritance tax that everyone else well, pays it? Is it just? Is it literally just yeah. because he's the, yeah. the the king? That's if that's the reason. Well, it's a terrible reason. You know, but it's also like the queen loved trying to find tax exemptions for herself. So it's just keeping in with the tradition. You oh, know? we covered that. <laughs> oh, mother, you still love dodging taxes. Oh, I, I can see why in there. Yeah, and that's where we're at now. We just got a new person who's dodging taxes. And like, yeah, the the the, the monarchs and the family, their their financial situation situation is muddy and complex compared to the average person's finances. They have a lot of land. Well, they don't have a lot of land. They live on a lot of land. And we give them a portion of the profits of that land to live off because we own 100% of the land that they live on. But then they actually do still have estates and stuff that they still own. And they don't seem to be paying inheritance tax for keeping that in the family. They've got other things that they definitely still own and they don't seem to be paying taxes on those. So they live this weird life where some of their life is publicly funded and maybe maybe that's hard to tax. I don't see how it is. You know, if, if we're giving them a state wage, easy to tax. Everybody else who gets paid by the state is getting taxed. And then they also have a bunch of rich people stuff and everybody else, well, not everybody else, a lot of other people get taxed on that and they don't. So they just, yeah, they're, just, they're the kings and they get to get away with this publicly. Other rich people just like right. gift it all before they die and they gift it with a few years before they die so it all gets forgiven by the time they die. And, yeah. you know, the queen maybe could have done that. She should have thought about it. She had a lot of time to figure out how to bequeath all of her worldly possessions onto her kids. She's Sure. Maybe she did. Just before we talk about the queue wow. and then the arrests... Yeah. Can we talk about King Charles himself? Because he is now the the head of the monarchy in this country. Can't wait to have his the, face on the coins and whatnot. That, of course, is yeah in in the offing. It's it's clear that regardless of how you feel about the monarchy, he is less popular than the Queen was. Uh huh. So I don't know if that will change. Oh, he's going to become less popular. Public opinion towards the role of the of the monarchy in this country. Yeah, perhaps it will. I I suspect over time. Yeah, very slowly it will. One of the big things that I'm excited for uh, is to see the effect of him championing green policies as king. He's not. He's apparently going to keep doing that. That's okay. We were wondering whether he would. Apparently, there's been this. The word has come out that he will keep championing green issues, and I think yeah, great, good to do that. If anybody wants to talk about things that are good for the climate, power to them. But his core audience. The ones that are he needs to have like him, you know, the Tories, they don't like that stuff. No. So he's only going to lose support from the few people who are left loyal to the monarchs by doing it. So it's this beautiful combination of he's saying some good things. Often he's just very boring. Uh, and then the only people who are going to not like the things that he's saying are the ones who are pro the royals. So it's, it, that is genuinely interesting to me what's going to happen. Okay, well, let's talk about the uh, the arrests and people who were perhaps less pleased to see all this pomp and ceremony for yeah. a, the death of a 96-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. In Edinburgh, a 22-year-old man was charged in connection with the breach of the peace after the Duke of York was uh, shouted at by this man uh, as he walked through the streets of Edinburgh. So the man shouted, yeah. you're a sick old man, Andrew. Wow, breach of the peace that... 
and uh, yeah, he was if you criminal saw, stuff. Yeah, if you saw the video, he was he was then pushed around by some passers-by. Police took him away, and he was later uh, he was then arrested and charged, which is absolutely insane. Yeah. And then we also had later on um, people in London who were arrested for holding various signs. Uh, some of these, James, had bad words on them. But there was someone else oh, yeah. who had an abolish the monarchy sign who was also charged with the offence. Yeah. Uh, to the extent the Metropolitan Police had to issue guidance to their own officers to say, look, just because people are holding up signs does not mean they can be arrested. Yes. There was a professor who went down to, oh, it was maybe Parliament Square in London and held up a blank sheet of paper. That's the big one, yeah. Who was then uh, approached by the police officer who who was essentially saying, if you write anything on that, I will arrest you. (laughs) I will give you trouble if you do this hypothetical thing. I've had to come to talk to you about it. Don't do it. This this was, yeah, met with a lot of concern. Yeah, it's concerning. It's very concerning that... Simply, you know, announcing yourself or vocally, vocalising, there's the word, vocalising opposition to, you know, an unelected head of state who is going to avoid inheritance tax and X, Y, and Z, or... You know, shouting at someone that they are a sick old man because, well, that's factually accurate. I know, right? Seeing Prince Andrew and arrest in the same sentence and him not being the one getting arrested is insulting enough. Right, but it's the fact that people are being arrested for sh- for uh, expressing an opinion. It's not like he called him something far worse. He called him a sick old man. He shouted, you're yeah, a sick old actually- man. Actually, very delicate in terms of the words to choose. Yeah, a very like, a very polite heckle. I can understand rules for breach of the peace and all that stuff when it comes to things that are actually scary or are going to rile up a bunch of anger and potentially endanger people. I didn't see any of the secondary things going on there. There wasn't like a call to to do damage or harm to anyone. It was just I yell. There, there has to be these levels to these things. So while some of the rules that we have in the UK, I can't understand them on some level, clearly the police don't, and they're just trying to stamp down on us. And it's happened right. uh, on both sides of the aisle. Of course, there's there have been arrests when it comes to people just ex- expressing pretty bland opinions um, on, on any of the political sides. And it's just because the police don't seem to have this idea of what breach of the peace is or what endangerment is or what a call to action is and it's not surprising that the police aren't well educated uh, well, my, it's the police my, my overall point though is this is that if we start arresting people for not showing proper decorum <laughs> yeah then the court the you know the court system is going to collapse or at least collapse more than it currently is and also oh yeah 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 as this article uh, this article i'm reading here points out it's only, you know, we're six months on from the uh, Police Crime Sentencing and Courts Act, which meant that the maximum term for desecrating a statue is now 10 years. That's the, the, the maximum. This is what... I forgot. That's so stupid. There is this scary trend towards, you know, despite the fact Britain uh, likes to think of itself as a place of free speech, what we've seen over the last 10 days with people who perhaps haven't been following the party line is concerning. Well, yeah, and, and it, it's I, I, I think labeling things as, as free speech and stuff puts it into a box that is very much in line with right-wing opinions and, and whatnot. It's, it's much more broad than that. It's not just people's speech that is being curtailed. As you say with the statues, it's defacing statues, it's public acts of protest. It's 
uh, where we're allowed to protest, how we're allowed to protest, uh, what counts as like obst- obstructing people from their day-to-day stuff. All of these things that are stacking up way higher than just being able to publicly say a thing. Can I? And it is all in line with the Tories wanting to stomp out opposition. There, there's another story here. This was in Oxford. A man was arrested, then de-arrested for shouting... Who elected him? Ah, yeah, I remember that one. At, at the, the local proclamation of, of uh, the fact that Charles was now king. And the story I was talking about earlier, Parliament Square, it was, it was in Westminster. There's video of this. A police officer filmed demanding the details yeah, of the barrister who had held up the blank sheet of paper. And uh, when he asked the officer if he had written, not my king, on the bit of paper, the officer then requested his details because you said you were going to write stuff on it that may offend people around the king. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. And that, that's where we're at. And it, and it is crazy. I saw the same with a video of, of uh, a lass in Edinburgh who got followed by some policemen and they're trying to ensure that she didn't do something that might offend people in the future. And it's like, what? what? And meanwhile, legit criminal acts are going on in government. <laughs> but no, we, we must be we must be stopping the small people from maybe writing things that might make the king a bit sad in the future. <laughs> do do you think though that this is something then that people are seeing? Because I did see a lot of people on both sides of the aisle who were yeah. rightly outraged at this, at these arrests. Do you think that changes anything? Uh, you even the Met Police having to tell their officers to stop? The Tories are still in charge. They're going to make it worse. They'll, they'll make the rules so that the Met isn't allowed to tell their officers to stop. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's uh, let's move on. One more story before we, we move on to a raft of others. And this is the uh, almost surprise mini budget that uh, yeah. was announced mm-hmm. in the last couple of hours. It is uh, currently Friday. It's just past yep. uh, six o'clock. You didn't wait long. And the, the new Chancellor, Quasi Quarteng, who has uh, announced what is being described as the biggest tax cut in 50 years, depending on who you are. Wow. So, in reaction to this, and we'll get into the detail, details in a second, the pound is now at its uh, a 37-year low against the dollar. What? Because financial markets have reacted so poorly yeah. to what's happening. So... What's happening here is that, first of all, Mr. Quarteng, the, the Chancellor, said that the top rate of income tax, which is paid for the uh, the highest earners or, or, or the highest people who earn the most have to pay the most tax, yeah. that is now being scrapped, that top rate of income tax, yeah. which is great for the ultra-wealthy. Wonderful. And also then income income tax across the board, if you're in England and maybe Wales, is that it, it's now rather than 20p, it's going to be 19p. Yes. There's also the uh, the planned <laughs> rise in national insurance that is being scrapped too, as well as uh, a few other yeah. things that are yeah. happening. I believe there's a cut in stamp duty too. Yeah. So yeah. all of these things are, are happening. And I'm going to find the, the initial quote. Okay. But... Take your time. Essentially, it was the Institute of, of the of Fiscal Studies who were reacting to this, who said, this is cuts, 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 with seemingly no explanation of where the money is going to come from well, to fill this gap. Yeah, well, they're not going to fill the gap. That's the whole point. This is designed to collapse things so that they can then sell off more stuff at way, way less than it's worth and also selling off something that would be useful in the future, but just for present gain for them and their mates. Like... They're cutting. They're cutting a bunch of taxes purely to cripple things. There's no other reason. 
they don't believe in trickle-down economics. They're saying it. They're acting like they do. Not even Joe Biden believes in it. He's actually come out to publicly state the opposite, that he's tired of trickle-down economics. Joe Biden knows better than these, than these lot do. You don't just cut taxes even more than ever before and expect things to get better when it hasn't been working for the last 50 years. Okay, so to, to quote here, this is uh, not actually the quote I was looking for, but it's the former uh, US Treasury Secretary Larry Summers uh, who said, and this is the, the quote, it makes me very sorry to say this, but I think the UK is behaving like an emerging market, turning itself into a submerging market. Between Brexit, <laughs> how far the Bank of England were behind the curve, and now these new policies, I think Britain will be remembered for having the worst macroeconomic policies of any major country in a long time. Yeah. And then this is uh, the key strategist at Rabobank, Jane Foley, who said that the sell-off of the pound, which is now at a 37-year low, is a reflection of the fact that investors have serious doubts about the government's plans. Because, as you've, uh, you've highlighted there, the only way that Britain is going to be able to afford and fund all the things it wants to do is massive amounts of borrowing, which is then adding to the already astronomical UK debt. Yeah, so previously, before the UK sold off every single one of its assets except the NHS, we could sell those off to make a little bit of money. So we can sell off the rights to all the oil. We can sell off all of our public infrastructure. And we get a brief bit of money to make the tax cuts possible for a year, maybe two, maybe four. The last thing we have is the NHS, and we've already sold off quite a bit of that, so it can't really be sold off the rest of the way to make another three or four years' worth of the taxes possible. So it's just going to be borrowing. It's Tories going back to the the money tree that they say isn't real, but they keep going there. And it is only going to make things so bad that they'll want to give Labour, the Labour Party the power in maybe like five years, four years. They'll want to pass over the reins and then it will be too late to save the day. Labour will have to like suffer through a one term worth of uh, leadership where they try to repair things. And then the Tories will swoop back in and say that they did the job of repairing all the Labour's problems again. The main issue here, to summarize for people whose numbers, uh, who they hate numbers, and I include myself in that, percentages and not really figuring out what's happening. Right. What what happened a couple of days ago is the Bank of England raised interest rates uh, so that, for example, I'm going to have to pay more on my mortgage because it's a tracker rather than a fixed term mortgage. And All right, you got to get another fixed term deal. No, so there or was, you could wait till the interest rate collapses in the future and then fix right, it. Right, there were various reasons, yeah. various reasons why I went for the tracker. But anyway, interest rates go up, which means that people like me and other people have less money to spend, yeah. and therefore inflation goes down. Right. Because the cost of living is so high and everything's going up and up and up and people are having to spend more and more money. Demand goes down. Raising, yeah, which is then raising the cost. So the idea is raise interest rates and people like me have less money Everyone to spend. Everyone suffers. And spend less <laughs> and therefore the cost goes down to make it more affordable. You know, so, and that sounds right, good, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. we're spending on a bunch of excess stuff, but nobody is. So that's the idea. But then today, Quasi Corten comes out and says, actually, folks... I'm going to cut the amount of tax you pay so you still have the same amount of money you can spend anyway. So despite the fact that the Bank of England are attempting to slow all this down and rein in the spending, today the Chancellor says, actually, you know what? No, sack that. You guys keep on spending. Status status quo. And inflation is just going to stay where it is. Well, it's going to go up again. It seems like they, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. Well, they're incompetent. They aren't thinking. Well, beyond that. 
of what they've got friends to enrich for the next five years. They don't care about the populace. They don't care about the, about 10 years time, 20 years time, the state of the nation. Uh, they don't care about their legacy, I've got to assume. I, you have to assume not a single one of these people actually cares about the way they'll go down in history books. They only care about making their portfolio by proxy of all of their relationships and friends get better now. That's it. Yeah, it's it's also now, and this, the story is moving on to uh, Mr. Quartang now defending the tax cuts uh, because everyone's been saying that this is just about making life better for your highest earners because you've scrapped the is. top rate of income ta- income tax. It is. And of course he's defending yeah. it and saying, no, 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 I didn't I didn't just do that. I cut tax for everybody. I also lower, yeah, exactly. You give, a, you give everyone a little token, one pee per pound. You give the richest five pence for a pound, <laughs> but no, we gave it. We gave everybody a cut. <laughs> it's not really how it works. Just because you give somebody a little bit of something that isn't actually going to help them, because it just puts the cost of of their of their life elsewhere, doesn't mean you can just give a bunch of free money to the richest. And and and, and I get I get it. Because it's very easy to tell everybody, hey, you're spending less on taxes and therefore you've got more money and therefore things are great. But we are already at a net loss. We're already having all of our services and all of our infrastructure struggling. We can't afford things as it stands with the current tax rates. So when we're making less money from taxes, all of those services collapse and everyone's individual spending goes way higher because it's no longer collective bargaining. Right, it's right. each to their own. So, <laughs> so that, that one pound is useless. So that one pence is useless where it would have been useful. Yeah, I'm going to finish this segment by leaving you with two statistics. Going back to the Institute of Fiscal Studies, they say that this tax cut means that the richest 10% of British households will gain the most. Yeah. And if you are to look at, for example, what employees will pay, if you are on £20,000 or, or thereabouts in England, because this does not affect Scotland. No. If you're in England, earning £20,000, you will save about £167. If you earn £200,000, so 10 times the amount, you will save over five grand. Wow. I wonder wonder who's going to be happier, (laughs) especially when the people who are the poorest already can't afford life and they definitely can't afford to go to private medicine when the NHS can't can't take them on anymore. Yeah, Torsten Bell, who's from the Resolution Foundation, said those earning a million pounds will get a £55,000 tax cut next year. That's disgusting. Yeah, and when when you see the state of the UK as it is, where we've got... More families than ever relying on food banks while both partners are employed, where we've got people who live on their own and have a one job relying on food banks, where we have record numbers of children getting sent to the hospital in malnourished condition, right? There's no way to look at that and then say, well, I guess we need to give the rich people a tax cut right now. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. None of it lines up with any sort of logic. Trickle-down economics doesn't work even in a prospering country. But when you've got a country that's struggling, it makes even less sense. And it's just immoral. I got a one good thing. Oh, really? The four-day work week trial that's been going on in the UK has been a resounding success as far as a lot of the experts care. 84% of companies involved are are positive about it. I'm pretty sure 100% of the companies involved are going to keep the four-day work week going forward. And it looks like 
to try and combat some of the the dis disaster that the country is facing in terms of money, we're going to make four-day work weeks possible, which helps everybody if we can get that done. Talking of uh, bad news, and as we are have just been reflecting on uh, the Conservatives helping their wealthy friends, let's take a sideways step onto the energy crisis, because of course Liz Truss, oh, yeah. who is uh, now settling into Downing Street, announced her package of support for the energy price freeze. Yes. And the reaction to that, again, it was the, the Resolution Foundation, who I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, said that these the support package will affect... Well, it's going to be the same for everybody. So mm -hmm. regardless of if you earn 10 grand or 100 grand, yeah. you are still getting the same level of support. And that means, of course... No, yeah. We can't help the poor more than we help the rich. That would be crazy. Yeah, they, they've basically said this is poorly targeted because rather yeah. than helping the most in need, they're just giving the same to everybody. So rather than it being means tested, I think it still actually technically helps the rich the most. Yeah, well, of course, because it's it's less of their income compared yeah. to you know if you're on twelve, fourteen grand, your energy bill is a huge part of what you have to spend every month. So again, this uh, the savings this is going to give is mainly to the people who spend the most yeah. and, and earn the most money. Yeah, uh, and they're they're making this affordable by borrowing and indebting us. Yeah, so this is the, the news that the average household energy bill will be capped at £2,500 for two years from October. It's set to cost mm -hmm. around about £120 billion, which will be funded through borrowing yes. or lending. So everything is going to suck for us in the future, but the Tories that are currently leading will have retired and it'll be okay. Yeah, this, I mean, this is, as we briefly talked about last year, last year, feels like last year, last week, <laughs> the uh, the energy giants were the ones who were most bullish on this whole support plan anyway, because in the long term, they're going to make a lot of money out of it, mainly from us. But they've also, a lot of the big businesses have changed their mind. They're, they're, there's been a lot of, of, of U-turns because they've realized that if they don't, if we don't do a massive intervention, windfall tax, save the nation uh, intervention, then everybody suffers in the future. So a lot of these big businesses have, have changed their mind and they've realized, actually, if you tax us right now, it still is the best future even for us. And we've had that being said here and there. Um, but it's not enough to, for the Tories to listen to, of course. Uh, I don't remember exactly what businesses it was. Uh, I would have to check that. And businesses genuinely are getting support too. They're being capped for I think six months. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. so there's there is that. Sorry, I meant the I meant the suppliers, the big. Oh, I see. Uh, right. The the bad boys right now who have been who have been trying to argue against uh, uh, windfall tax and all of those things. Some of them have changed their mind because they've realised it's the only possible path forward where they don't collapse because society has collapsed. <laughs> so. Even they are are smarter than the Tories. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's talk about Russia and Ukraine. Now, this is uh, a variety of stories that have happened over the last okay. few days. But let's start with Vladimir Putin. In a speech, he uh, threatened the West with nuclear weapons. Yes. And then talked about the fact that it was time to call up civilian military reservists. And in total, 300,000 of them. Mm -hmm. So 
this is um, being draft. They're being drafted in the next few months yeah. to support the military campaign, particularly in the wake of how much territory Ukraine have taken back in the last uh, ten days or so. Right. Yeah. And this is the first mobilisation of these uh, kinds of personnel since World War II. And as a result of that, there were some images of Russians fleeing the country in response. There were videos of traffic jams at the borders at Georgia, in Mongolia, in Kazakhstan as well. And then today, Germany announced that they would accept Russians who were fleeing the country. We had the likes of Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, uh, who said uh, no, mainly because I think they were concerned that if they did, they might be next on on Putin's dinner agenda. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So that's what happened. They called up. Putin decided to call up three hundred thousand people, and lots of people tried to leave. Yeah, we've had uh, a, a, a huge increase in the in the uh, Google searches or whatever search engine trending for how to break your own arm. Yeah, uh, we've had uh, how to leave the country. How to leave the country trending, but you've also seen the. I don't remember what the. Uh, what it's called exactly but there's a movement for uh, people who do get drafted just to go and surrender to Ukraine and give up their equipment information all of the things they have and that's seen a huge uptick in interest as well so like yeah while it was going to be necessary getting more people on the front for Russia the the, the current situation was a bunch of people who are under equipped under supplied under trained and getting a bunch of civilian reservists, I don't really see how they're going to have the equipment, the training, anything they need. Um, but if it just turns into a mass exodus from the country and it turns into a mass surrender to Ukraine, hey, good on everyone who just leaves. Anybody who's just leaving Russia right now and has full intent to just go live a good life somewhere else, get a job, pay your taxes, raise a family, <laughs> power to you. We've also seen in the last few days, Russia's announcement that they're going to call votes yeah. in certain areas of Ukraine where Definitely Russia a, have... a very good manoeuvre. Yeah, where they've taken over. So polls are being run for five days starting today mm-hmm. in the eastern regions of Luhansk and Donetsk. Incredibly democratic. As well as in Zaporizhia and Kherson in the south, which are, yeah, have been occupied by Russia for some time. Represents about 15% of Ukrainian territory. So the suggestion, of course, that these will be legitimate and fair, uh, and uh, particularly that they'll be fair whilst run in the middle of a war, have been initially uh, (laughs) scorned and dismissed by basically everyone with a logical brain. Uh, I I assume they'll be continually dismissed. Yeah, but what's going to happen, though, of course, will be that Russia will say, yeah, unanimous, everybody wanted to join Russia, therefore, this is now Russia, and if Ukraine try and take them back, then we're just going to kill you all because... They, they've declared war on us. You've invaded us. Yeah. That's what this is, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it's kind of similar to what they've been doing since the start of the war. It's just making up whatever justification they need to keep the war going and to keep their population in, in relative support of it. Enough people in Russia have to support the war for the war to keep going. They can't have really high numbers of people who are just exhausted by the whole thing and think it's a waste of time. So they've got to make up these new strategies to keep people actively supporting the war. And hopefully they don't. Hopefully the population of Russia just forgets about it and decides we're done and then actually makes a move to stop this happening. Well, in the wake of Putin's announcement, there were, I believe, 1,400 arrested uh, 
in Moscow yeah. or in the country yeah. who are protesting. Now, of course, that's only a small number in the, the relative scale of things. And uh, ultimately, what Putin does and has done for years, as we've talked about on this show, is his opposition or anyone who opposes him gets arrested or just straight up murdered. Yeah, sometimes his friends just get straight up murdered. You just never know with Putin. He's just, he's just, a, he's just an emperor. He's just what he's doing. I keep seeing articles though, which are like, "Oh, this, this, this war will be the end of the Putin regime." Well, it. Yeah, well, no, no. He's, well, no. His death will be the end of his regime. This war might lead to it. That would be a future, but uh, you know, it, it is a huge failure. But his, his the end of his regime was inevitable. This war was. A lot of people are saying that this war was uh, called, and the and several of the previous invasions of this and that place were all called just to kind of keep him in an elevated position of power that he was already in like the days before his collapse and that he's just been in this state of prolonging his existence for years now. So yeah, but it, it, it's all true and not true. The war is going to lead to his collapse, but it's not like he was going to be much longer on the list of world leaders either way. Right, right, right. Just on the, the back of the Ukrainians taking back a lot of their territory, there was, of course, the really horrendous news from the city of Izium where the Ukrainians retook... Uh, maybe a town actually, and they found a mass grave with hundreds of bodies mm-hmm. which were then being yeah, again. Uh, investigated, people exhuming these graves. And uh, yeah, the the descriptions here are horrendous. For example, this person says, here's a civilian with a rope over her neck so we can see traces of torture. Yeah, And uh, yeah, saying almost everybody here has, has been killed by Russian soldiers. Some, this is a quote, some were killed, some were tor- tortured, some were killed because of air and artillery strikes. So, th- I mean, there were press there, there was everybody there to, to show all of these right. really disturbing sights. And yeah, it's it's very clear evidence of war crimes. But once again, you you can only charge people with, with war crimes if you have them in your yeah, as always. Yeah, if you've arrested them, and that's just not going to happen. Well, yeah, if you know the identity and you know you've got the evidence and all of that stuff. But ultimately, uh, someone is responsible for the actions of the troops. So even if you can't hold accountable the individual people, which you should be able to. Uh, eventually you know who was in charge of that area you know who was in charge of the specific groups of people and they're more likely to get to get uh, found so we can we can always hope for some form of uh, justice but it's just sad and depressing nothing is ever enough you cannot get like revenge for this you can't fix it this is just a horrible thing that has happened that can never be fixed so we got to stop the war <laughs> so it stops happening. Yeah, well, but but the, of course, though, the threat from Putin was if you do anything, we're just going to nuke you. Or Well, it wasn't quite that, but it was, hey, yeah. we've got nuclear weapons, we've got lots of other weapons we can use. Implied, yeah. Did you see a Jorpy Borpy Beeperson was on Piers Morgan chatting up Russia again? Oh, really? No, I didn't. I missed that. Yeah, a cringe interview where he was implying that it's a win-win situation for Russia. So oh. why would the, why should the West get involved anyway? Basically, it's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's implying that either Russia takes Ukraine and that's a win, or uh, Russia gets beaten but Ukraine is just in tatters and destroyed. So that's a win for Russia too. So hey, why does America care? <laughs> like, you know, your brain is degraded. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's uh, seeing as you are talking about the states, let's go over there, shall we? And start with. 
COVID because after the World Health Organization said the end of the pandemic was in sight, uh, President Joe Biden came out to say that it's over. Uh, It's finished Mm, in mm -hmm. the States, even though... They're still working on it. Yeah. Even though the numbers of Americans who are dying from COVID is still rising, with stats showing over 400 Americans on average are dying from the virus a day. Yeah. There's 400 plus a day, not a week, not a month. Yeah, there's the actual quote. It's just ridiculous. This doesn't make sense. I don't know if there's like much more context here because it is. It does end right. in a comma here. So there is more context what Biden said, but it is, we're still doing a lot of work on it, but the pandemic is over. It's like, what? So, All right, well, I guess my, my thesis is, is over. I've not started work on it, but it is over. I'm a doctor right. today. <laughs> so the interview, which was filmed at the Detroit Auto Show, president was gesturing towards the crowds. He said, if you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everyone seems to be in pretty good shape. I think it's changing. Oh yeah, COVID kills you on the the dot if you're not wearing a mask. That's a very good measure of health. (laughs) But of course, there were then health officials who told the US media on Monday that the comments did not signal a policy change and there were no plans to lift the ongoing public health emergency. And yet this to me is just a really stupid thing to say. It's just, it's very Joe. Biden's brain is about half there now. It's crazy (laughs) to me that his brain is mostly gone, but he still is so much smarter than everybody that Republicans are putting up to fight him. It's it's sad. And then I'm laughing because it's horrible. And then I think uh, we got trust. We got trust in the UK. Biden is saying smarter things than her. How how small are the brains of the rest of our leaders when Biden is the one that sounds smart and he can say things like this? Gosh, okay. And staying in uh, the States, what we've been seeing and uh, hearing about over the last few weeks, this is a story which has been bubbling around for a while, yeah. is that migrants have been crossing the border in, in uh, Mexico, between Mexico and, and into Texas, into yeah. uh, New Mexico. And yeah. uh, sometimes... And Christian nationalists are not fans of that, yeah. Yeah, indeed. And, and sometimes to, to Florida as well, arriving by boat. And then yeah. the governors of these Republican states are taking all the migrants, chucking them on a bus or a plane, and leaving them somewhere in a Democrat-led state. So this has been yeah. happening uh, across the states for the last few months. We've had uh, the governor in Texas, who I believe most recently sent a bus full of migrants to the home of the vice president. Just that's where they were left. And is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. The the most recent one, and this is the the news of the last couple of days. The migrants who were Venezuelan who were flown by the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, to Martha's Vineyard, which is a very posh Massachusetts island. Very full of lawyers, which is just a... Why would you do illegal things? Interesting. That the destination is a lawyer town. (laughs) Indeed, yeah. The the migrants uh, being represented by a legal law firm are now suing the Florida governor for for doing so. And I imagine there will be more to come. But this is, to me, is a very, very sad... Uh, game of using migrants as pawns in some it's, sort of yeah, political it, yeah. statement nonsense. Well, ba- yeah, basically it is because because the, the way it is in the States is that there are some decent people who are saying that migrants deserve support and they deserve a chance. They deserve to not be seen as criminals, blah, 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 blah. Um, even people who enter the country illegally uh, deserve to be treated as humans. And then the Republican uh, led the states that are actually the ones that do get the most migrants go, okay, well then you can take care of them. 
and it's it's just such a strange, fuzzy thing to me that they don't see themselves as one country, but they see themselves as all these individual states. Because all this migrant stuff, there's a lot of federal taxes, one country taxes that that pay for a bunch of the programs, but then the states also have their own individual uh, uh, systems to help the migrants and pay for it. But... <laughs> If they if they feel like you're not getting enough support for the migrants, that the country is saying, "Hey, we need to have them." The answer obviously is not to do illegal things with the migrants, yeah, yeah, and to use them as pawns and to dehumanize them and well, treat them like well, they're just it. tools in a game. Yeah, just like, "Hey, we're going to chuck fifty of you onto this bus under false pretext, drive you across the entire right under the entire country, and leave you outside the the vice president's house." Yeah, why? Because. Politics. Because they're the ones that say you deserve to be treated like a human, so we're going to make them treat you like a human. Yeah, yeah. And the ones that got sent to Martha's Vineyard, they got support for a couple of days there, and then they got sent onwards to to better places that could support them in a more active way. And then the Republicans still aren't happy. They're like, "Well, why didn't you keep them? Why didn't you keep the migrants we sent yeah. you in your little in your little island? Why did you send them to a better place?" And it's like you can't you can't make the the Republicans happy in this situation. They just want. Uh, immigration to be illegal. Never mind uh, what country it's from. They 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 have this view of a white Christian America that they are trying to uphold, and they're just using this as a, a publicity stunt. So it is excellent to see that there are laws in place in the country that make it illegal to just ship people across state lines as though it's their their goods. And I do hope that the people that are behind this get what's coming to them and have to learn a lesson about treating people like humans. Everybody who's in the country deserves support. And if you think there's not enough support, maybe raise taxes in general so that they can be supported. <laughs> Don't just like ship, ship them away. Okay, one more story before we end this section. Let's go to Iran with a story which again has been dominating headlines over there and is beginning to make waves over here. Yeah. It was after a 22-year-old woman, Masa Amini, died in hospital last week after she was arrested mm-hmm. for wearing unsuitable attire. Yes. And I believe what it was, was she was wearing a hijab incorrectly, or a perhaps not wearing one at all. Something along those lines, yeah. In public in Iran, she was then taken into a van, yeah. and her family alleged she was beaten so badly yeah. by the officers that I mean, she then yeah. later died. The police said uh, she had a heart condition. Oh yeah, well and yeah, that's, and sure. that's what it was. Yeah, of course. Then this is this has led led to the biggest protests in the country for years, with women playing a major role in these demonstrations, waving, burning their their veils. Some people publicly cutting their, cutting hair. their hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, this is then being met by the Iranian president, um, whose name is Ibrahim Raisi. I said that because he's in a musical. <laughs> wow, he sounds so nervous and, about saying it. Yeah. <laughs> The president, Ibrahim Raisi. <laughs> the president. Much better. Yeah, yeah. He said yes. on Thursday that these acts of chaos were unacceptable. Well, yeah, there, there has been chaos. To the protesters who have taken to the streets, who are all very, yes. understandably, angry or furious about the death of a woman in, uh, yeah. in the regime's police custody. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's strange. This is such an extreme example of what we've already talked about. But it, it's literally morality police that troll around Iran and other countries, making sure that people are moral and primarily making sure that women are moral and aren't tempting people by 
having their hair on display or I don't know, having a shoulder out, a gasp. And beatings and humiliation and reprimands have been common in Iran and other countries for a long time. Um, Whereas, like, obviously, women should be free to choose what they want to wear. So they should be free to have uh, their hair (laughs) out, (laughs) you know? Something as simple as that. And they shouldn't get threatened with physical violence. Um, So the response to, finally, the response to all of this uh, oppression is that it's ticked over with somebody getting killed for expressing themselves. And, and we've got a heavy protest. Uh, we've got like police headquarters getting burnt or stuff. We've got the, mor- the morality police getting beaten themselves and all of these things. And I hope that it leads to progress because a lot of these countries that we're seeing this religious fervor in right now, where we've got the religion controlling what people can do legally, like... 40 years ago, some of these countries didn't have these laws and they were quite liberal in terms of what people were allowed to do. And uh, a lot of the other countries have had these laws for a lot longer and maybe they, they also need to learn that we shouldn't have the laws of the country defined by the religion of some of the people in that country. <laughs> and then it it kind of makes me anxious because we see a where America is going in terms of making its legal decisions based off of religious text. And you see the same in the UK. Or you see in the UK making legal decisions based off of, let's say, a monarch, you know? And all of these things are outdated. And instead of making progress, we're regressing backwards. And and hopefully, well, there's surely there's no way we could become a society where women are punished for for wearing, like, not quite a hundred percent clothes, <laughs> you know. They're not covering everything but their eyes. But it's 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 worrying because all of these countries that need to be making progress maybe might if we have enough protests. But in the meantime, all the other countries are going backwards. It sucks. Meanwhile, in other countries, there are women who are protesting for their right to wear hijabs, which is mm. important too because I do believe that it it matters to be able to express yourself. We've seen them outlawed. Uh, here and there in in Europe even yep and I think in India there's there's protest for the right to wear a headdress and things like that um so it's a very interesting conversation Okay, James, let's talk about what we've been watching, which kind of pales in comparison to all the really yeah. serious stuff that's going on in the world, but I have seen a movie. I don't think I finished anything. I don't think I did. <laughs> right. I, I watched half of Venom. Half? Why half? Yeah. Because I got really bored of it and I was like, I'll finish it later. And then it's been finish it never. seven days and I haven't. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was chatting to uh, Chris and Abby yesterday who said that they started Thor Love and Thunder and turned it off. Nice. Because it was terrible. It is. It sucks. Yeah. It, was it a, does suck. It was a very Marvel film. They all suck. <laughs> Talking of something which doesn't is the movie I went to see this week, which is See How They Run, which is a 2022 mystery comedy out in cinemas right now. It is uh, one of the very few movies which has been released in the last few weeks because, of course, we are still not quite in people feeling totally comfortable going back to the movies yet. So, right, yeah, 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 yeah. But it does have an all star cast. You've got Sam Rockwell and uh, Sir Sharonan. In the lead roles with the likes of Adrian Brody, Harris Dickinson, I David Yellowwall. I do Yellow like Wall. this whole cast. 
Wow. Uh, and then some other names who like, you would know from seeing them, Ruth right, Wilson, yeah. Reese Shearsmith being the, the two mm, yeah. uh, there, who you'd be like, oh yeah, I know who those people are too. So I, Yeah, I'd have to look at them. And it, it is a, like a nice, snappy, one hour 30 Ooh. comedy whodunit. Ah, okay. I wanna, Wait, so they saw Knives Out and they were like, oh. I think so. And Gap in the market? Yeah, and it, and it works as well. So it's set in 1950s London. Right. And uh, it's based around a play. And in the play, which is itself a whodunit, someone involved Wait, is bummed off. Is this an adaptation of a, of, of a play that is a play of somebody getting killed in a play? Nah, maybe. I think I've seen that play in internet form. I think I've seen a play of a whodunit of... A play of a whodunit so play, where somebody dies in the in the play of the play. So the play is The Mousetrap by Agatha Christie, which for a time was the longest running show on Broadway. Yeah. Or whatever the London equivalent is, the West End. Right. And Yeah, yeah. It, it, so that <laughs> film is based it's the film is based on that. Uh, and Agatha Christie is a character in this film. So Part of it is done of like, oh, yeah, no, this I, was a real I, thing. I figured it out. But also, it is a we're doing this for laughs. So nice. Yeah. What I liked about this film is that rather than it being a okay, this is the funniest film of the year. No, it's just very sweet. It's very cute. Okay. Sir uh, Sir uh, Ronan. Right. Her comedy chops, which were evident in a film like Lady Bird, she is so good in this just because she is playing this naive rookie cop who. You know, takes things too far, jumps to conclusions, right. but is doing so in a well-meaning way. Okay. And then you've got Sam Rockwell, who, I mean, Always if you good. ignore the slash uh, Irish slash London accent, where he's, oh, he'll say yeah, things like, uh, "Yeah, that would be a that'll be a failure." Yeah. You, good, good morning, constable. And suddenly you're thinking, wait, was that was that Irish or was that was that Londoner? <laughs> that being said, he is very good as well, and they make a nice uh, yeah. team. And there's just lots of very nice touches throughout. So jokes and lots of uh, in-jokes as well. They're talking about in the movie oh I hate when whodunits skip ahead time I hate when they do flashbacks and then of course the next scene is a flashback which um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and then another scene later on you've, you've skipped three weeks ahead so there there are kind of nods and winks to the audience right. but rather meta but the good right, kind. Yeah, so it's meta without being over the top and it's it's just a very likable movie. I would compare it to a Wes Anderson movie in terms of its tone. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's light and snappy and it's it's entertaining without being laugh out loud. That was an absolutely brilliant gag. Yeah, that sounds Wes. Yeah. And there's yeah. don't get me wrong. There's a couple in here which are laugh out loud, very funny. Okay. But it, it it's just a it's just a very light hearted. Easy going, chuck it on for ninety minutes. You will have forgotten about it by the by the time Christmas comes around. But a lot of fun. And if you are looking for something to see at the cinemas, which which is only ninety minutes long, which is mm. so rare these days, it is. Then yeah, see how they run. And if it comes out on streaming sites, yeah, chuck it on. It's good fun. All right. You know what? I did watch something. And also, just at this at this point, I know we've talked about House of Dragon briefly. Okay. We yeah. are still myself and Graham still mid season. We have also confusingly started the Rings of Power, the new yeah. Amazon Prime. I'm watching Hot the End Rob. The- <laughs> Yeah. Well, sorry, Hod, Hod and Rop. Hot D and Rop. Hot D and Rop. Okay, well, we are both watching Hot D and Rop. Yeah. The, the, the difficulty, though, of course, is that they are both medieval sword and sandals epic things, so... Yeah, but one looks like cosplay, and the other one looks like expensive <laughs> cosplay, so... Yes. 
That's how you differentiate them. Okay. Anyway, so those reviews are in the offing when the season's end so which is what five weeks away there's also a new star wars series that coming out right now and or i've not even started I've that. not started that at all I don't, i'm not sure i will i re-watched june really twice <laughs> that's june with dune. a dune okay what do you think yeah i love that film so much where did you watch it i watched it on uh the internet HBO? it's on now for uk access oh interesting uh it is. I just love that film so much. I wish it was. I wish there was more of it. Yep. I wish it was just an extra hour long. It. That film is so good. I just wanted to say, right when you watched it, and it was even on the small screen, worth it. A joy. It is a film person film. Absolutely. Well, dear listener, that was probably the shortest review section of the series ever. And we are always looking for your reviews. So if you have seen anything, or perhaps just not decided to stop watching something, review it. Get in touch. Send it on. You know what? Next week, we'll both have watched like five things each and we'll get 10 reviews in. Absolutely. Okay, penultimately. That's how it works. Let's talk about Roger Federer, who is arguably the greatest tennis player of all time. He has announced he is retiring. Right. So he, after 20-ish years, 24 years, (laughs) he's won 20 Grand Slams, but he hasn't played uh, since Wimbledon of last year. And the 41-year-old said, yeah, his body is telling me Mm -hmm. it is time to go. Mm -hmm. He's played over 1,500 matches. And uh, his last games, or his last game is going to be a doubles, which he is playing alongside his old rival, Rafa Nadal. So that's nice. Federer, to me, has always seemed like just a really, really nice guy. He is the most corporate tennis player. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So... Distinguish that then with him to Novak Djokovic, because obviously they're deeply, they're on opposite sides of the popularity spectrum. Yeah, Novak isn't really corpo. Yeah, Novak just doesn't feel like a human. He just feels like he's acting all the time. Okay. Whereas Federer, his his whole thing, he definitely is acting, but it feels human. So it's a bit opposite. Is, is that not Novak it? tries so hard to be a human and. You know, I've got all these struggles and diet and blah, 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 but it just feels like an alien who's read too many books about people. <laughs> and then Federer has just been PR trained since he was two, and it actually worked. Do, do you not feel that's a bit cynical? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a perfect read on these. <laughs> yeah, okay. I Well, I would disagree. Of course he's been, yes, nicely trained and all that. He is a nice um, guy as well. He, I he don't can... think he's like a suddenly a scumbag behind the scenes. I'm sure what you see is largely what you get. No, no, no. Like, he is nice. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Corporal but nice. Corporal but nice. You can tell because sometimes a little bit of information comes out about them remembering somebody that they only met once 10 years ago. Whenever a celebrity does that, I'm like, okay, maybe you're a real person a little bit. Okay. Things like that. Mm. Anyway, he's sponsored by Uniqlo, cheap people clothes. It's perfect. Okay. <laughs> no. Anyway, is he still sponsored by Uniqlo? I don't even know anymore. I have no idea. Are Uniqlo, are Uniqlo funding his retirement? Come on, let me know the important details. The only thing I see Roger advertising his watches, so I'm sure he probably has enough watches to last him the rest of his life. He could have one for every year for the rest of his life, and I'm sure he would still have hundreds left. Indeed. Can I have okay. one, Roger? Send me one. Gee's one. Oh, wait, no, sorry. I just made fun of him. Hey, congrats on your career. <laughs> Great job. Best tennis player ever. It's not even debatable. I'm, t- I'm tired of these weak headlines that are saying, oh, probably the best Maybe. player to ever exist. Absolutely guaranteed best player to ever exist. Okay. Even though he won fewer than, than Novak. 
Ja, best bird that ever exists. Okay. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. He didn't rely on like water bottle tricks to give him superpowers. Okay, he was uh, just Roger. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, from Roger to climate change dodgers. Ooh. James, you put this one in. This is the new minister for. The, environment? the UK's got a new Minister for Climate. That's it. And Tell us about have him. generally voted against things that would stop climate change for their hey. political career. So that's wow. great. It's really a promising start for the for the next I don't know, a couple of years worth of climate policy in the UK. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so this is a uh, Graham Stewart MP who is from Beverly and Holderness, which does not sound like a real place. Wow, could you sound any less fake? Yeah. <laughs> so he is the new minister for climate, and uh, yes, he is according to the uh, We Work for You or They Work for You site. Yeah. It finds that, yes, Mr. Stewart has voted generally against measures to prevent climate change, which yeah. is just great. Key votes to prevent climate change, you have to scroll. <laughs> That's a problem. Okay, James, at the end of what has been... Well, no, yeah, and we've le- England has legalised fracking. Oh, great. To start things off on a good roll. Uh, I don't think it means that Scotland has legalised it. I think Wales that gets to do their own rules on fracking too. But fracking is back for the English. Congrats on your oily beverages. And, uh, <laughs> and also in breaking news, uh, as of a couple hours ago, Liz Truss is now facing questions over spending while she was at the Foreign Office, including nearly £2,000 spent at the online shop of Norwich City Football Club. What? And f- over £4,000 spent on two visits to the hairdressers. <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah, I knew that she, she's been about her public image for a long time. She has done. Pounds. She's basically done modelling while running around the world uh, doing UK business for her own benefit. Uh, I do, the Norwich one is surprising, though. How do you do that? How do you do that? Anyway, more to... F- of course, these are answers to questions we will never, ever get. No, it's just, it's just, just one. immoral people, and that's, yes. that's the answer. That's it. Got to take to the streets, people. Do it. Blank pieces of paper, though. Yes, absolutely. It's the most dangerous thing you can have. <laughs> do, you think, do you think that's going to be like the new protest thing? People just come along with hey, blank sheets of paper? It. You see it, in, it started in Russia, right? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anti-war protests were populated by people with blank sheets of paper all getting arrested. It clearly works in the UK, too. Indeed. Okay, well, if you've got any thoughts on anything we've discussed over the last hour-ish, depends how much I edit out, you can do so. Seesawparade at gmail.com. Seesawparade on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening, including the students of Fourth Valley College, because on Tuesday, James, oh. I am giving my annual talk on how to do a podcast. Is it time again? That time again. Wow. Shocking. I know. It flies by every year. I can't believe it. But this time I'm doing it in person. Oh, my days. Wow. You, you are welcome to join me, but you have to be there no, at uh, quarter past nine. No, 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 no. Even if it was in the afternoon. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, I will represent us and I will do it well. Yeah. Tell them all the key part of doing a podcast is to have a microphone. That's good advice. Is there anything else you would like to say to the students? Because I will I will clip it out and play it. That's it. That, that That's it. That's the only advice. No, nah, that's uh, it feels like a that actually feels like a corpo joke. That is corpo level humor. <laughs> okay. That is something cringe that, that a big company would say. My advice for running a podcast. Uh-huh is to talk like you really want your neighbours to hear what you're saying yep. 
and adjust your levels accordingly on your sound recording equipment. That sounds good. I do feel yeah. like if I were to go next door and speak to, to Graham like this, he would, uh, you would question my mental sanity. You know, are you feeling okay today? Absolutely. You got to, you got to, you got to pronounce things as though you want the street to be worried that maybe you're arguing with your parents on the phone. <laughs> That's, That's a great way to describe how we do this show. Yeah. Screw you, Dad. <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> Don't actually argue with your parents on the show. But <laughs> Okay, on that note, bye-bye. Bye. James, thank you for your time. I'm going to go and lie down and not speak for the next two days to hope that my voice can recover for next week. Recover and rest. I believe in you. Oh, oh yeah, I'm going to I'm going to Lewis next week to visit my brother who oh, now lives there. Okay. And I will also see your brother whilst you're there. Oh, nice. Yeah, say hi. I will. Maybe I'll do a podcast from there. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, okay. Have a good one. I'll chat to you soon. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.